Thank you so much. Welcome. This next one's called Fixing Broken Windows. Is that correct? It sounds better up close. Hey, one more time. Let's make everyone who's listening to 4 Z right now get a serious case of FOMO. Come on, make some noise. This is Live Delay. Heard on 4 Z 102.1 FM, Z Digital, and nationwide on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to Live Delay, your home of live music. Our team of volunteers have been hard at work recording and mixing gigs around Brisbane to make sure you never miss out on the finest live music the city has to offer. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which Live Delay is produced, the Turrbal and Yagara people. We recognise that sovereignty was never ceded and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This episode of Live Delay was put together with the help of our sponsors, the live music loving people at Mountain Goat Beer. My name is Scott Mercer, and this week on episode 300 of Live Delay, it is the end of the year, it is the end of the decade, and to celebrate, we thought uh, we would do something very special for this episode. I would like to invite back into the 4ZZZ studios past producers of Live Delay, Dara Murray and Branko Kosick. Howdy. Hey, how's it going? Wonderful to have both of you back. Now, on the episode 300 of Live Delay, we thought we would take a trip down memory lane and listen back to some of the finest sets that we have brought you over the years for your listening pleasure and tell a few stories about the making of this wonderful show that has been going since, uh, was it 2012 now, Dara? Uh, I think the idea was conceived in 2012, but I think the first episode actually was... um early 2013, but I think production started a couple of months earlier. So you were there at the start of Live Delay. You're one of the founding producers and you stayed there for how long? Uh, about 12 months. So I think I did about 52 episodes. Actually, it would have been a bit over 12 months, but there was definitely a year of episodes. So it was probably more like 14, 15 months. So what was the idea behind Live Delay at the start? Well, actually, I can't claim credit for the idea. It was actually uh, the former station managers, Michelle's Brown, really wanted to get a, a dedicated live music program on the air at Zed's. Her and Andrew McClellan, who used to uh, volunteer at 4ZZZ as well, uh, were really kind of the people who pushed the project. Um, I think I kind of fell into it because actually I was originally came to 4ZZZ to uh, start Exit Stage Z, which is uh, your, your own show as well, Scott. And that was supposed to be a live music show. But at that time, it was just too difficult to um, kind of basically set it, set it up as a live music show live every week. So then Michelle and Andrew really wanted to kind of uh, push the Z Digital brand. And they thought Live Delay would be a good way of doing it. So I uh, got convinced to uh, jump on board. Uh, it was kind of new territory for me because uh, while I'm an avid gig goer, or I was in those days, not so much nowadays, it, it was kind of a good opportunity to learn. And I definitely learned a lot uh, producing Live Delay. Now, given this was the first time 4ZZZ had tried to produce such a live music show, uh, what were some of the early challenges that you faced? Well, I guess, and I think uh, like it's from talking to you guys off air before, like uh, it challenges that have existed like throughout I, I guess the production were very evident at the start basically it's hard it, it was hard to get 
a good volume of uh, live sets because actually it was quite labor intensive to uh, go out and record uh, bands every week or every couple of weeks. So we had to kind of rely on a network, a community na- uh, radio network. So we would lean heavily on, um, I think it was FBI in Sydney. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and PBS. PBS. PBS, uh, PBS in Melbourne. We kind of did a deal where we would swap share set live sets because they had their own live music sh- shows. So in order to get enough volume of actual shows on the air, we really had to kind of rely on a, a lot of community spirit to get sets to 4 Z, And of course, start producing our own sets, going out and recording lots of um, lots of music. And Sky Kirkham, who used to be at 4 Z, actually before Live Delay, used to was pretty um, proactive in recording live bands, particularly at Woodford. So we actually were very lucky that we already had an existing number of sets already within Triple Z. But yeah, that was kind of the chief challenge at the start. <laughs>
Now, Branko, you came on the Live Delay team fairly early in its life, uh, recording and mixing bands. What what kind of gear were you taking? Uh, because at that time, I imagine most sound desks around at venues around town would still have been analog. Is that right? They were transitioning at the time. My knowledge wasn't very vast at the time, knowing the difference between analog and and digital um, back then. But we had this wonderful Fostex recorder that you would have seen Dara, Dara carrying around in a very big black box um, with <laughs> a handle on it. That's how I got my guns. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the, the Fostex recorder, I, I remember the early meetings when we were talking about getting a live music show, we were talking with the people that were going to give us some grant money to go towards uh, recording a thing. I was, of, I was of the opinion that we should just buy a laptop and we should buy, well, at the time, um, Avid that make Pro Tools, they used to sell this box. It was called the Digi 003. And at the time it had eight pre's and you, you could have all sorts of inputs into it. At the time, with the limited knowledge that I had, I thought that was a way of going about it. But um, no, I remember we, we actually had advice that that's not the, the way to go. The way to go is this big, massive, bulky Fostex recorder because supposedly they had seen someone else in Sydney or Melbourne have one of these boxes and they were robust and all that kind of stuff, which may have been true. But carrying that thing around town, oof. You say it was robust, did uh, but big and bulky. Did Absolutely. the box ever get dropped? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yes, it did. I think uh, I drunk, uh, drunk, drunk, dropped it one night. I was perhaps... Not under the weather. I don't know. I had a few beers that night anyway. <laughs> I think I was recording. It would have been a Blank Realm show at Primitive Room. They were supporting another band. I can't remember who exactly it was. I, I finished recording and I was taking it out and I accidentally dropped it down the front stairs of the Primitive Room, which were pretty steep. Yes, they right were. Right in front of the 4ZZZ <laughs> station manager, yeah. who was also at the gig. But uh, she was pretty cool about it. And it still worked. So it was, <laughs> it was the, robust. The case that it came in was was solid. Yeah. It was solid. So, um, yeah, I'm not surprised that it survived the fall. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that thing got taken out to a lot of recordings. Uh, I remember there was a lot of waiting room recordings done with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you did a lot of primitive room recordings. Yeah, yeah, I did a few. And, yeah, a few waiting room as well. I uh, know. It, it probably got taken out to the zoo a couple of times maybe. Yeah, Black Bear Lodge, the old, the Troubadour, Troubadour. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah I that remember if that it had switched a, over then. But. Yeah, that still had an analog desk up until two years ago. Yeah. So, oh, wow. yeah, that got taken out to Black Bear Lodge. The thing was, you really had to because you knew you had to carry this massive bulky box. You really had to plan ahead.
Um, can you tell me about some of the the good times? What are some of the gigs that you are most excited to get out and, and record and bring to the listeners? Well, yeah, there's been plenty of good times. There's actually some... I recorded a lot of bands from interstate that I'd really never heard of before. And actually, those are the, the most, I think exciting times of live delay when you discover some band you record and you go wow this i've never heard of these guys but their set was amazing i wouldn't have been here if i didn't wasn't doing live delay uh a couple of stick out there was a band a lot of them don't exist anymore it's a band from i think in melbourne useless children played at the waiting room one night uh they're kind of like a doom metal band kind of in, kind of a bit no anchorish. i think they played with shrapnel or something like that but they were awesome. And I still actually regularly go back and re-listen to the live set um, because I just remember it being such a great gig. A few other good ones, Holy Balm at Black Bear Lodge. They're still around, the kind of electronic. Uh, I tended to like record the bands I was interested in at the time. So it was a lot of like of that kind of doll wave and then the electronic music, a lot of the bedroom suck type bands yep. that uh, were uh, going around at the time. So Holy Balm 
at the Black Bear Lodge. There was a band called Screaming Match that were around for about ah. five gigs. I think Branko did uh, recorded it with me, actually, and yes. they were supporting Harmony at the Alumbra Lounge. Alumbra Lounge, yeah, I was there and, for that. That uh, was a great, great show. It was really good. It was, the whole night was awesome because I, I love Harmony. But uh, they were, uh, it was Dreya and Sarah from Stag, an old band called Stag. Yeah. They played their, like, third gig. But yeah. they were really good. But they only lasted, like, maybe a handful more gigs before breaking up. Beaches at the Black Bear Lodge as well. Uh, yeah. That was kind of more towards the end of my uh, tenure on Live Delay. Uh, it was a really great night. I just, they had just released their second or third album, and that was launch album launch, and it was just amazing. A uh, great band. And I, I mean, I'm a bit biased, but I recorded Blank Realm. Well, at least I'm not sure if I recorded them, but I was there with the Fostex, so I felt like <laughs> I was. Uh, them launching their third album, a Grassed In at underdog which is now netherworld that was such an awesome night i think I remember uh, that show. were you there yeah, it was yeah. crazy um and i think uh, i was there with the foster i just remember that was an awesome gig to capture on live delay and uh i think josh watson ex another ex live delay producer actually recorded it that night but they played with lucy cliche who's part of i can't remember the band now um, but she came up, they had a whole heap of friends come up from Sydney. Four Door played, Sewers played as well. And it was just an awesome, awesome gig. So there's been like a lot of great gigs that I've recorded or been involved with. Uh, some that never actually made it onto Live Delay. I think we talked, we were talking about songs from Sydney. Yeah, that song set would have been great. It was a great set. But what happens at times is you're usually at the mercy of however the sound engineer has actually set up all the microphone um, placement on the night. So sometimes it's a bit less than ideal and then you've got to go back and fix that up in the yeah. mix. Songs was one of those sets that sadly succumbed to some bad mic placement. Yeah, so. yeah. I remember also um, a band Boomgates. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. with um, Brendan who plays an Eddie Current Suppression Ring. They played such an awesome set, but they actually listened back to it and they weren't happy. They just didn't like it. Mm. Um, and they and they didn't want it going to air. And I was like, oh, you guys are crazy. It's yes. so good. <laughs> so there's been a, a couple of bands that I thought were like, they they played awesome sets, but they just didn't get to the air for whatever reason. But um, yeah, it was really great being able to record a heap of bands now that don't a lot don't exist. It's kind of like this hist- historical exists in the historical record of live delay now that may never have got really to radio otherwise so yeah a lot of good times
listening to episode 300 of Live Delay. And for this uh, special occasion, we have brought in past producers of the show, Dara Murray and Branko Kosek, to take a bit of a trip down memory lane. Now, Branko, during your tenure as producer, you saw quite a few big name bands get on Live Delay. Uh, do you have any highlights of some of the uh, the big guns you managed to get on the show? I'm just kind of looking through the list of... of what I put on live delay during my tenure. And there's a lot of it which, you know, I'm starting to think to myself, how do I get away with that? <laughs> and that it takes a, a, a big amount of bravado, I guess, to get in touch with all the bands, just aim high and just see what happens. And uh, you know, a lot of times they, um, you know, they're totally fine with it. Some people, you've got to really convince them that, you know, it's a good thing because... Um, I think the reason why live delay exists and why we all do it is because we're like, well, if no one else is capturing this, then, you know, why not? This mm. needs to be captured, you know, and documented. So um, I recorded Spiral Stairs, who was a member of Pavement. He played at um, Black Bear Lodge. I think it was towards the end, the end of 2017. And um, he pulled out one of my favourite Pavement songs, um, Kennel District, during the set. And I was just like, wow, I'm actually recording this, you know. Um, moments like that have been pretty cool. I, I remember I recorded Future of the Left. Um, they play at the Foundry and they were pulling out old McCluskey songs. That was sweet. Proto Martyr, who are a fantastic band from the States. That was a bit of a lucky grab, just happened to be at the right place at the right time with the conversation and said, hey, we can record it. And they're like, yeah, cool, that'd be great. And they loved the set. Uh, Helmet <laughs> was a massive highlight for me, being a massive Helmet fan. I had an interview with Paige Hamilton, the guitarist and vocalist, and just said, you know, as I would always do by chance, hey, we can record the show. Would you be okay with it? And on the phone, or if you were in person, they're always like, yeah, of course, that, that's totally fine, as long as I can improve it later, which, you know, we, we always do. And it's like, yeah, no problem at all. So that was huge. That that particular night, though, I was playing a gig at the zoo, and uh, Helmet were playing at the bright side. So I remember having to set up the laptop, hit record, go and play my show at the zoo and then run back and pray to God that thing was still recording. That was terrifying. Um, I remember recording Spiderbait at the Tivoli and they were playing Ivy and the Big Apples in full. Oh, really? Which was great. Whoa, that's... Um, there was a really unfortunate thing. This, is one of, this was one of the biggest challenges I ever had to overcome um, during my live delay tenure. So... They're playing live, and the Spiderbait fans are all pretty, you know, uh, passionate people. So there was this one guy that was on the top balcony uh, at the Tivoli, and he kept yelling repeatedly, like every 15 seconds, it seemed like for eternity, F yeah, Spiderbait! At the top of his voice. Now, he did that for about in between like five or six songs in a row. And because with uh, Live Delay, um, you know, swearing, we're a, a community, you know, radio program. So swearing needs to be, uh, you know, you need to be let people are aware of that or we can bleep it out. So I'm thinking to myself, what do I do here? Do I bleep this out? How do I cut this out? I, I don't know. Because what happened was the guy's voice was so loud I, I tried to actually just mute out the crowd mics every time that he did it, 
but it was so loud that it was actually bleeding into the <laughs> snare mic. <laughs> that, that must have been pretty loud. It was loud. <laughs> and I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I think I just ended up giving out a warning because it could not be helped. I did, I did you know, I didn't want to. T- it was a, a, an amazing set, and sadly, there was one guy that was a little bit too excited, yeah. and it was like, catch 22. So. <laughs> In 2017, there was a very special episode of Live Delay that uh, we were able to put together. For episode 219, an old set by the Go-Betweens was unearthed, recorded oh, that's right. in... Uh, 1983. In 1983. So the Go-Betweens had been over in the UK. They had just recorded before Hollywood, and... They were coming back. It was some sort of homecoming show, and they played at... Um, Baruna Hall, I believe. That's it. Yes. Yeah, that's Which is most recently was known as Lefties. Mm. Yes, that's it. 
So how this came about, how Live Delay got uh, a hold of this particular set was that um, Mark Lautit, who was on the board here at 4ZZZ, he um, recorded the set back in 1983 with the gear that he had. And I think it was just a four-track recording at the time. And it sounded bloody great. And he, he came up to me and he was doing Live Delay. And he's like, I've got this set. Do you think you'd want to feature on Live Delay? I said, absolutely. <laughs> and he it came about because he was cleaning out his garage and he found a VHS tape with the audio on it. Because at the time, he had done the mix down and mastered it to VHS tape. Because he had a, a, a stereo VCR at the time, which was still very rare. And it was the only way that he could have a long form kind of master quality kind of tape. So when he found this tape got it over to me. I was like, yep, we can totally feature it. And when we put out on the internet that we were going to feature it, I remember Lindy Morrison was really really excited to hear it. Yeah. Robert Forster was excited to hear it because not a lot of them had heard it before. Yeah. And there was a notorious story about um, John Wilstead. Supposedly, he was out front of this particular gig handing out flyers and um, calling the go-betweens all sorts of names. <laughs> he was not a fan of the band because, you know, he was Johnny Zero at the time. He was a punk, and the go-betweens were total posers in his eyes at the time. <laughs> Little did he know five years later, he'd go enjoy <laughs> yeah. the go-betweens. Um, so, yeah, I, that is a very special gig that we just happen to get our hands on. Yeah, actually, i got a, sorry, a, a story... Because uh, Branko did invite me over to help out, like do some yeah. uh, talking about the go-betweens, etc. Dara being a massive yeah, go-betweens a, fan, a bit of a nerd, and also a, uh, you know I did a, a history degree back in the day. <laughs> but I was actually doing some research for what I would talk about, and I was looking at Dave Nichols' biography of the go-betweens, which was released early two thousands, I think. And actually, I encountered a historical error in that book based off the date of that gig, the recording. Oh, yes. Wow. Where he talked about this particular gig in the book happening, but the date was completely wrong. And I was like going, oh, wow, I found, I found this historical <laughs> error. Um, Did you I get in contact with the author so future editions could be corrected? <laughs> no, I, I remember talking to a few people on the Go-Betweens fan appreciation Facebook That's site. right, the, the Facebook and, page, um, yeah. There may have been a couple of gigs around that time at Baruna, but the, at least it seemed there was some issue with the date, like this set proves that the date in the book was slightly off. Yeah, because we actually had the artwork that went with the flyer, so Mm. that confirmed the date of uh, where it when it happened. Mm. So, Mm. yeah, what an interesting fact uh, to to just come across. (laughs) Yeah, because what what you were just talking about, John Wilstein, is actually mentioned in the book at that point. So it's kind of interesting. We actually have the primary evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a total needle in the haystack thing that you had found. So... Um, yeah, that that was an amazing set and lots of, uh, I dare say, probably one of our most listened to episodes yeah. on Live Delay.
merchant His father's watch He left it in the showers From time to time the waste Memory waste And the waste Memory waste When shadows fall You listen for the wind When shadows fall You listen for the wind When shadows fall Another of the most popular, judging by the uh, online streaming statistics, uh, is the Hoodoo Gurus set that we recorded as part of 4 Z's return of the joint effort. Yes. Uh, now, Branko, that was uh, during your time, I believe. Yeah. You got to uh, drive Dave Faulkner from the airport or something? Uh, that was on a separate occasion. <laughs> okay. But um, now what had happened was return of the joint effort was, was happening. Chris Converse um, was spearheading the operation. As what would usually happen with live delay, um, I would usually only think about recording the show maybe on the day, maybe the day before. Something that would happen a lot. Anyway, with Return of the Joint Effort happening, you know, that I got in that whole mindset, we need to capture this. Ah, oh, crap, it's on tomorrow. Who do I contact? Started going through channels and finally got a contact for um, the Hoodoo's manager. 
I tried calling him, wasn't picking up his phone. Anyway, I, um, I was kind of on the mindset that it probably wasn't going to be okay in time and I'll probably just have to cut my losses and, and not do it. I remember I was at my grandmother's 80th birthday party or something like that and I get a call from the Hoodoo Gurus manager. <laughs> and um, yeah, talks. If he, he's like, well, yep, if, if you're okay with this, then I'm okay with it and you can go for it. I went, oh, cool. Okay, so what's happening? All right, crap. Well, I've got to get over to the Hamilton Hotel and I've got no idea what kind of recording desk they have, what I'm going to need, anything like that. Anyway, just grabbed the laptop, just went there and I just got prepared for whatever. And um, I got there in time for Hits. Hits were playing Mm. and they were playing a huge set. And uh, it was one of those bloody avid desks, I Mm. tell you, sitting right in front of me. I went, well, here goes nothing. I remember I was talking to the sound engineer and... I was like, uh, look, I'm just going to have to do some preparation to get ready to record this set. Do you mind if I just quickly jump in on the desk and just quickly, you know, route some signals? And he said, yeah, go for it. Jumped on the desk. I accidentally went under the the wrong tab and accidentally, like, killed all the sound on the PA (laughs) 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 for a good 15 seconds before I realized my mistake and put it all back up again. But, yeah, having about 900 people in a room look at you very weirdly like that was a bit of a... A bit of a thrill. Anyway, uh, yeah, recorded that whole set. It was amazing. They were pulling out so many hits. And plus, I got in touch with Dave Darling, who was one of our old station managers here at 4ZZZ, and uh, was heavily involved with the joint efforts uh, that were happening back at UQ back in the day. So when I finally got the sign-off on this Hoodoo Guru set, which I had called Dave Faulkner about, I had his phone number from another instance when, um, yeah, I had to pick him up from the airport once for a, for a thing. He still had my number in his phone. He picked up. He's like, hi, Brink. I can't believe Dave Faulkner has my number in his phone. Um, and I just checked with him. and was like, look, we've, it was a 200th episode. It was like, look, and we'd love to feature it. I just need an okay from you guys. And he made it happen. And at the time, because I thought it was, it was very special for us to hit our 200th episode milestone. And plus, it was a historical 4 Z event. Um, yeah, I'd call David Darling and ask him about joint efforts. And he really rattled off some great memories mm. from that time. And um, yeah, it turned into a really super awesome special episode. So yeah, super happy. This next one's called Fixing Broken Windows. Is that correct? That is right. Yep. Yeah. Children, they wanted a picture with our children. They wanted 
wanted children. They wanted children. They wanted a picture with our children. No more plastic No more bounce of express. Still wanted children. They wanted a picture with our children. And no more distant calls. Punching. It's still going. Yeah. It's still going. I'm pretty chuffed it's still going. Yeah. Scott and, and now yeah. Scott yeah, yeah. Is, is, has taken it on and, and you're lifting it above the clouds. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank um, all of the foundational work that you two did to help make Live Delay what it is today. And I'd like to thank both of you for coming in yeah, and no uh, reliving some of these golden memories of Live Delay. So uh, here's to the next 300. Uh, maybe I'll have you back. Well, whoever's doing it then, we'll have us all back for that one. Perhaps. Definitely, and I'll, yeah. I'll make I'll make special mention that there was also Josh Watson that helped out. That's right. Yeah, and and Ruben Aptrut and Andrew McClellan as well. And Andrew was, McClellan yeah. and um, and Jack McDonald uh, helped out as well. Uh, and lots of other volunteers that have helped out with recordings and mixings mm. over the year. It it really is a a, a massive undertaking, uh, live delay. But we um, literally do it for the love of live music. So glad to see it still exists. Well said, Branko. Uh, Branko, Dara, thank you so very much for coming in today. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, Brisbane. of mine. My- 
Rings under his eyes Cuts on his hands And his voice sounded like An aerosol can He said these people who Live on the level They just want to Do you think 
this will work out As the delicate file and the tragedies fell Well, the universe with her indifferent Set your precious bodies Thanks for listening to our special 300th episode of Live Delay. The songs you heard throughout were highlights from the history of the program selected by past producers Dara Murray and Branko Kosick. In order, you heard Keep On Dancin's with Nothing, The Drones with The Minotaur, Blank Realm with Back to the Flood, Spiral Stairs with Kennel District, The Go-Betweens with Cattle and Kane, No Sister with Fixing Broken Windows, and Ben Salter with West End Girls. To listen back to the full sets of any of these artists, visit our website, livedelay.com. This episode was produced by Radio 4 Z in Brisbane. Live Delay airs throughout South East Queensland on 4 Z 102.1 FM, online at ZDigital and across Australia via the Community Radio Network. My name is Scott Mercer and that's the program for this decade. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, support local live music, go see a gig and don't forget to bring the earplugs. You've been listening to Live Delay. Live Delay is put together with the support from our sponsors, the live music-loving folks at Mountain Goat Beer.